You're listening to the Corporate Quitter Podcast, where it's all about exploring possibilities for making an honest living outside of the traditional nine to five. To all my corporate quitters and wannabe corporate quitters, if you're loving the podcast and looking for more easily digestible BS-free resources like the Quitter Starter Pack or How to Go Viral Guide, be sure to check out our website, corporatequitter.com, and our Instagram at the Corporate Quitter, where we spill all the deets on the daily, helping you get one step closer to just doing the damn thing. Now, on to our episode. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Corporate Quitter. I'm your host, Gabby Ionello, and today I'm having a real fangirl moment because our guest today is someone that I use her brand and I'm obsessed with, so I'm so ecstatic that I got to connect with her and that she's on the show to share her journey. Her name is Jasmine Schamberger, and she's the founder and CEO of Luxie, a press-on nail company that is innovating the nail industry. This self-funded founder is on a mission to make cute nails accessible to all while empowering women to ditch the nail salon to save time and money by switching to press-ons. And so as someone who's a diehard Luxie fan, I've been using them for like two years, I'm obsessed with press-on nails, you are one of the top quality companies in the game. The durability, the glue, the shapes, the colors, right? The additional sizes, like I'm just so grateful what you're doing, what you're doing, and you make me feel like a bad bitch every day, so thank you. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> that and that is no lie. That's the purpose of Lexi is I really struggled with the press on nails on the market. And that's kind of how it was envisioned. And it was a matter of I was at the drugstore, super embarrassed to buy the press on nails there. They would split right down the center. They would fall off within 24 hours. The designs were horrible. You literally didn't want to be seen in them. So I'm excited to talk to you. I'm excited you love our brand. I think that's the first thing I said when I talked to you is I just appreciated the feedback of you saying you love the brand and everything you liked about it because I am obsessed with feedback. So I appreciate you um, having me on today and I'm super excited that you love the brand. Yeah. Isn't it funny as you build up, and I know you at this point, you've built multiple businesses, so you know it, but it's so nice when you get feedback because you're like, I think I'm doing a good job, but until someone tells you straight up, you're like, I have no idea. (laughs) You really don't. And the cool thing about, I think I'm just like feedback, 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 like from day one, it's been super important. I'm not the type to like somebody says something and I'm like, yeah, whatever. I don't care. This is how I'm going to run the brand. I literally take what people say and I say like, can I get better? Is there anything that I can do to improve upon it? And I know we'll talk about that probably later on just about some of the feedback we've received and how we've improved since we launched. So yeah, it's exciting though, either way to get feedback. So I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I'm always, I'm all about feedback as well. So I'm happy to give it as needed, but you're doing a great job. um, Thank you. So I know we've talked before. I know you've kind of, you've been insurance and you had your bathing suit line. Now you have luck. So like, can you walk us through your story? Cause I know it wasn't linear. It's very unique. How'd you go from a 10 year career in insurance, right? So different than being in the beauty brand to now building and launching a press on nail business. The funny thing is when you say all that, I'm like, man, it seems like I'm all over the place, but I think that's the entrepreneur spirit in me. Like truly it is. I knew like at a very young age, like hundred percent that I was going to be an entrepreneur. I felt it literally in my spirit. I just wanted to be free and I wanted to kind of create my own thing and do my own thing. Unfortunately, growing up, I was raised by a single mom, struggled pretty 
bed. She worked nonstop. To her, a nine to five job is just stability and really what she kind of pushed me to do. Anything other than that wasn't really kind of in our family. Like everyone had pretty much nine to five jobs. And that was kind of what everyone pushed to was kind of college, good job, you know, everything like that. It's kind of somewhat my track to go that way only because, you know, you don't really want to let your your family down or your mom down. So I started working at 12 at a pizza place down the street because I love, you know, making my own money, being able to, you know, kind of afford the shoes and the clothes that you wanted when you were a younger age to kind of fit in. And so that's kind of where I started and how I liked making my own money in a certain sense. And so when I turned 18, I finally got a job at Nordstrom, which was pretty much my dream job of what I wanted in hopes that I would be eventually like a buyer for Nordstrom. Absolutely loved working there. Loved just the aspect of they teach you customer service. You literally have to do everything for the customer. Go above and beyond. Like if they're shopping, do you want water? And you would, you know, go to the cafe to get them water. Do you want me to order you lunch? It was like, insane the customer service that they instill with you there so loved working there however at that time I knew in my soul that I wanted to start something on the side and get a side hustle the downside is when you're working in retail your hours are whenever they say your hours are so you know you could come in and do a two to ten or you're definitely going to be there Saturdays and Sundays you may be there early in the morning there's really no like stability on scheduling. And so I knew that would be kind of difficult to work around. And so I said, well, I'm going to go ahead and try to find a simple nine to five job. So that way I can try to build some sort of side hustle at night. Had no idea what that would be at the time, mind you. I just knew that I I wanted to do something because it was in my soul, but I also knew I needed money. So I ended up finding a job in the eye insurance industry. And this whole time, mind you, I am like, deep into trying to find my thing. I'm running all of these ideas by my boyfriend, now husband at the time. I mean like crazy ideas, some crazy, some good. And so, you know, every day I have a new idea and every day he will poke holes in my idea. Like, yeah, I don't think that will work or maybe, you know, this one. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, no worries. You know, so I'm always trying to come up with ideas. So one day there was someone in my neighborhood, she was having a yard sale and it was all like a clothing sale, super cute clothes. And she said she had an online boutique and she was stopping the online boutique. She wanted to focus on her family. And when I heard that, I was like, oh my God, you have an online store. I had never known anyone to have an online store at that time. Mind you, this is 2014, 2015. Shopify wasn't, it was a thing, but no one knew about it. There was Facebook, there was kind of Instagram, there was no TikTok. It was nothing like it was today. So I said, can I please come over Um, after work one day? I just have a few questions. If you could tell me kind of how all of this works. I spent a few hours with her and I was like, oh my God, like I found my thing. I'm going to get an online store. I had no idea about any of this, right? I instantly go into like a deep kind of search around the web on like how to build a website, how to do all of these things. I'm watching YouTube, I'm listening to podcasts, I'm going like crazy on on how to build an online store. And then I was like, well, what am I gonna sell? I knew I didn't wanna do clothes because it can be super tricky, just what kind of clothes and towards what customer. And at that time, I didn't really even know kind of my own style, if that made sense. Um, I was still kind of figuring that out. So I was like, well, what else do I like? And what is there not a lot of? And I thought, well, swimwear, of course, let's try that out. And so for 
five years, I pretty much built a, uh, a swimmer company. I started with about $500. Most of that actually was like for the website. And then within about two years, we got to six figures, which was awesome. It was amazing watching that grow. And it taught me so much. But of course, as you're building your first company, you realize a few things that you wish you could change. And in my mind, I was thinking like, okay, on my next company, I'm going to do this, this, and this different. So I kind of started like, you know, making a little checklist of what I might look for in my in my next endeavor. I knew that swimmer probably wasn't going to be my forever thing. I knew that it was probably just a nice start. And I think the main reason why I knew it wasn't going to be for my forever thing is because I was so scared to quit. Like I kept saying, okay, once I get this much money in my savings, I'll quit. That time came, never quit. Okay, once I have this much saved and I'm making this much a month, I like kept giving myself these goals. I would hit them and I would be way too scared to quit. And so the business it was growing, but it wasn't growing at the rate I thought it should. It was kind of like insanity, like you're giving something the same amount of time, expecting huge results. And it's like, wait, why isn't it growing? Like as big as I know it can, it's like, okay, you're giving the same hours every single day after work. You're not giving it your all. Do you even believe in it enough if you're not willing to quit your job and go full force? And so... In the back of my mind, I kept saying, well, if you're not going to quit, then what are you doing? Are you planning on doing the side hustle for a trillion years, you know? What is the end game? And then I started seeing, like, my competitors, they were killing it. They had started around the time I had started, and they were, like, going full force. And I seen that there, it just wasn't growing at the rate I needed it to. So at that time, I was toying around with the idea of press-on nails. And the reason is because I... Like I said, I worked nonstop. I would work my nine to five. I would get off, work out, eat, and then go straight into swimmer business until like one, two in the morning every single night. Like that was my life forever. It was crazy. I don't know if I'd recommend it going that hard that long, <laughs> but I did it because I, you know, I felt like this was kind of the path to freedom eventually. So I knew I liked my lashes done. I knew I liked my extensions, and those were two things that I couldn't do myself, but I knew nails I could do myself. And so, like I said, I was buying those hideous press-ons at the drugstore, absolutely hated when I reached the checkout, and you could kind of tell when people are ringing them up, they're like, who the heck are even wearing these things? I'd put them on, they would split down the middle, they would fall off in 24 hours. I literally have pictures, it's funny when I go through my pictures, and you'll see, like, I'll have only two nails left. <laughs> cheap press-ons I'm like oh my god I, I thought I was looking so cute but in reality I'm like I was looking a complete mess because of these dang press-ons so I was like, mean there has to be an easier way why can't you just use the nails at the salon pretty much glue them on and then paint them so I got down a rabbit hole on YouTube found out that people do buy like a clear nail paint them and then put them on and they're shaped better you could paint them to a, a cute color that you like so I was like okay I'm gonna do that only thing is, it's like a three-day process because you have to paint the nail, let it dry, then you apply them. I was like, man, I like doing this, but why Why aren't the big brands doing this? Like, why aren't they doing better styles? Why aren't they doing more durability? I thought that was very odd. I was like, you're telling me no one's thought about changing the styles and changing it just seemed odd to me. So I reached out to some manufacturers because at that time I was familiar with working with manufacturers from the swimmer business just to kind of get a feel for how much something like this would cost to kind of start up and why isn't anyone doing it. 
And so I quickly realized after getting samples that it's definitely hard finding a manufacturer in that space. It's hard finding something durable. It's hard working with the whole nail glue. And I realized like, yeah, this is gonna take a lot of time and energy. And I already was starting to take time from the swimmer business, just doing basic research on this. And once I go in on something, I like go in. So it's like my whole life is like dedicated to research and figuring things out. And so I said, I can't do both right now. I have to put this whole nail thing on hold until I figure out this swimmer thing. So a couple months before COVID hit, I thought like, man, I'm just not, I'm just not feeling inspired anymore. I just kind of felt like I was doing this thing, but it didn't really have much meaning anymore. I just wasn't excited to work on the business as much. And so I said, I think it's best if somebody takes this business over that has the experience, that has the capital for it to grow, and that could push this forward. And that's not as scared as I am to kind of make big risks. And so there um, was a company based in New York. They were interested in the brand, so they ended up purchasing it, which was awesome. And so they purchased it in January, a few months before COVID hit. Of course, COVID hit. At that time, I'm bored out of my mind. I'm used to working like 17-hour days. Now I don't have my baby any more to work on, and so I'm bored out of my mind. And so I say, what should I do now? And I say, well, I feel like I'm decent at e-commerce. Let me have my play at e-commerce again. And this time I knew that I was already kind of obsessed with the whole nail idea. So I said, asked my husband, I said, what do you think about me doing press on nails? He was like, huh, yeah, you know what? I could kind of see that for you. Go ahead and give that a try. And so I literally like jumped right in, um, started researching manufacturers, samples, designing packaging. I like went full force towards the idea. And so we launched uh, June of 2020. And it took off like crazy, which has been absolutely amazing. It's already busier than my swimmer brand. And I'm super happy about just what I'm doing, right? During that time, my nine to five job at the insurance company, they do layoffs without telling anyone. We went into work one day and they put us all on like a Zoom call and they said- I swear it was insane. There's a few people that aren't on the instant messaging chat that are usually on. So I'm like, hmm, that's weird. So at nine, they put us in the meeting. They say, if you don't see a team member on this chat right now, they're one of the people that got laid off. So we're going through emails trying to figure out like who all got laid off. Come to find out it was over a thousand people. They kept, yeah, it was insane. They kept a select few um, in each group, but It was so cutthroat after that. It got like insane. So one, I'm like completely freaked out because I'm like, how do you just do this? You go into work one day and they didn't have any indication of like, hey, we're going to, you know, maybe cut back on hours or we're going to try to. It was like one day they were like, oh, we're going to put you guys in extra trainings And then the next day layoffs, it was insane. So the anxiety, like the stress was on a million. It was insane. So then during all that, the people that they kept, they said, we're going to take you out of your job that you normally do. We're going to put you in another job that no one likes doing because we fired all of those people. So it was months of absolute hell. And every single day I was like, why am I here? And I'm watching my business grow and grow. In my mind, I'm like, is this still not enough? Like you're freaked out, you're stressed out, you're literally like crying. It was like 
survival, but not only that, the management team, it was kind of like, hey, if you're not doing your job, you can be like the one of the thousand people that got left. It turned into a very bad environment. People started leaving. And so during all that, I had made a plan. I was like, okay, I'm going to for sure, no matter what, I'm going to quit in June because it would be my full one year in business. I think that would be the smart thing to do. And so it was February. I had actually had enough. And I was like, I'm not going to do this anymore. And I said, babe, I'm going to quit my job today. I'm going full force on nails because it's it's super busy anyways. And I'm going to quit my job. And he was like, no, you're not. Because mind you, I've, I've been talking about I'm going to quit my job forever, right? So he's like, okay, babe, yeah, sure. So he is in a meeting in his office because we're both working from home now. And so I pretty much say, I'm going to go ahead and quit my job. I'm giving my two weeks and this is it. And I do it. And I thought, of course, I'm like crying. Like, oh my God, I can't believe I did it. Then directly after, I'm like, oh my God, I think I've made, you know, the right decision, right? So then I'm still somewhat unsure. So then my two weeks is up. We have a meeting. The supervisor pretty much announced that I'm leaving. And no one had, it wasn't like, hey, thanks for putting in 10 years. We really appreciate you. It was none of that. It was literally like, I never had worked there 10 years and gave it my all in had like did all of this work. It was literally like they could care less that I left, which I guess I wasn't expecting anything like a party or any. No, but some sort of acknowledgement. Like I had the same experience for my job too. I like jumped over hurdles in my career to make things work and right, go outside your role, your job title. And yet when you leave, they're like, yeah, like don't let the door slap you on the way out. And you're like, fuck off. Like why? It was insane. (laughs) I I could not, and mind you, I've been stressing out like forever and you guys could care less. Like, I don't know something about that. One, it validated that I was making the right decision. And two, in my soul, I was like, I can never go back to that life anymore. Like I was literally treated like, not necessarily cattle, but you're like treated in a sense like you don't even matter like at all. So after that, I was like, yeah, this is 100% it and I'll do whatever to never go back again. So I quit. I put in my two weeks and no lie, I wish I would have did it sooner. Like all of those fears and stresses that I was worried about, like, oh man, what if I can't pay my mortgage? Girl, like you're going to make it work. And now I say like, I'll do whatever it takes. Like I am not going back to, to that life again because I... I wasn't treated fair. And even if I go to another like corporate setting, that's just not my vibe. And I felt it. But the funny thing is, I knew that from the jump, like from 10 years working there, ever since I was little, I knew I wanted my own thing. I was literally like battling like, you know, how do what about this paycheck you get every two weeks? And what about stability? And what about all that? The crazy thing is, I think now in like this time, if this doesn't work out, I always say like worst case, what I'm doing DoorDash or I'm doing like what? <laughs> I know, I know, like, literally. Like literally things have changed so drastically anymore. You do not have to take shit anymore. You really do not. And if you see like at these companies and the crazy thing is, so after they ended up laying off those people, they ended up having to hire like tons of people because they like completely messed up. So Now you look and you go everywhere and people are looking for employees. They're truly like begging people to work and people are saying, yeah, I'm good. I'm going to go ahead and do DoorDash. I'm going to go ahead and do my own thing. I'm going to go ahead and try to be an influencer on TikTok or YouTube. Like they're literally finding different ways to make money. And I applaud everyone who's doing that because for years I was literally wrapped up in this. I can't quit my job. I have so much fear. And then I quit my job and I'm a free bird. Like I feel so good every day. 
You're like literally like the butterfly who came out of the like chrysalis. You're like, what the fuck? I, I've been waiting on this for years. For <laughs> years. Like, wow. Okay. What happened? And then of course I'm borderline mad because I'm like, why didn't you do this sooner? Because, and I've never once since I quit, I never regretted it once. I never once said like, man, I need to go back and get another job. I always, I'm like, fuck it. I'll do whatever it takes. But Lexi, Lexi is just growing so rapidly. I've never had to even consider that, but still it just puts everything in perspective I was kind of hanging on to this false hope of a nine to five of stability when in fact that's not the case because I literally seen them literally get rid of people that worked there for 30 years on layoffs and not give a fuck. Right. And they keep doing that. You just saw it in December, better.com laid off like a thousand people. And then the, the CEO got like a $1 million like salary boost. And just like the other day, Peloton laid off 2,800 people. You've seen that? Oh shit. Yeah. This is all over my feed. Like the restructuring that's happening in corporate, which is hilarious that it's even happening while people are quitting too, is like, it's comical, like how obvious they're making it that they don't give a shit and how greedy they are, where they'll jeopardize the lives of thousands of people and not blink an eye about raising the prices of their product for greed, not because of inflation, which has been called a lie and many people have pointed out. And then they'll boost, you know, the salaries of these higher level people who really just, they're just there, right? They're not really the movers and shakers. So it's like, Hold the fuck up. Like, we are not doing this anymore. It's not cute. We're not. No. And that's the thing. People are literally starting to take notice. And they're really, this whole generation, they're understanding, like, they're not being valued. And it sucks that I. it took so long for me to figure that out. I knew in my heart that was the case. But until I seen that, it was, like, 100% verified. And how they did it was, like, they could care less about a person. And I'm, like, all four people going out, living their dreams, doing whatever they have to do. And... I'm not going to say I'm anti-corporate per se, but I'm borderline. <laughs> like, yeah. do something else. I promise you, you'll make it work. And it's not that serious to live your entire life. Girl, I live my entire life stressed out. Like, I was literally willing to do that job and then do a business on the side because I had some, like, assumption that this is what I'm supposed to do. Literally, I'm killing myself. Like, I'm, I'm sick every few months because I'm exhausted, I'm anxious, I'm literally overworked and tired, and I'm not taking care of myself. Now I'm completely free and I could, now I have time to do whatever I want to do and I could work on the business full time. But not only that, as soon as I quit, I kid you not, revenue tripled and it's only going up from here. So it literally proves my point with my last business. I was giving what I could give as a side hustle, but it wouldn't grow. And as soon as I quit for Lexi, it continued to grow. And it was, it's was it been nothing but success. And so I think if you kind of have a mix of a semi-plan and a semi like, fuck it, I'm going to do it. I think that's like the perfect, I really feel like that's a perfect mix because I, I knew that I had to hurry up and do it at that moment before I back out and get scared. And I think that's what happens is you say you're going to do it on a certain date and you get scared versus in the moment when you're like, I'm hella mad. I'm hella tired. I'm going to quit. That's what I had to do. And it worked for me. <laughs> so I think you need like a middle ground of like a baby plan, but then a semi like, fuck it, I'm going to make it work. Because there's, there's so many opportunities now. Yeah, exactly. And also from what I'm taking, we're, we operate very similarly. But if you have a fire under your ass of like, I have to pay my rent. Like I just quit my job. I have to make this work. You will make it work. You will figure out a creative solution that is outside of what you normally would consider as you're going to figure it out. Even if it means you're babysitting every day and dog walking and you take out a loan and you do, like, it might not be under your expectations of what it should look like, but you will figure your shit out all the time, every time. 
A hundred percent. But there's no excuse now in the age of everything that you're able to, you could literally make money from your phone. You could literally make money if you have a car. You can make money if you have an app. Like (laughs) there's literally no excuses anymore. And so that's kind of like my thing, like worst case scenario, (laughs) I know that I'm going to be able to make it one way or the other, but this girl is not going back, so. <laughs> no, we are not. No, no way. Taste of freedom looks real good right now. But so I'm wondering, right, okay, you had your swimmer business and then you now have Loxie. So you've been in the business world for a little bit, but like, how did you learn business without prior experience? Like, I know you consulted with that woman who had the boutique, but like, what creative solutions did you utilize other than networking to make it all work? Business is complex and simple at the same time. Like, it's really easy, but also right there, these moving parts that people don't blatantly explain to you that you have to do through trial and error. So what had helped you? Um, So I would say the full five, six, seven years of swimwear and even at Luxie, the entire time I was at my nine to five, I kid you not, I listened to hours of podcasts and hours of YouTube videos. I have never hired a consultant. I've never had to hire anyone to help me with my business. Everything I've learned has been through one of those two things. Because believe it or not, people drop gems on podcasts. And if you listen to enough of them, I literally would keep a notebook. And every day while I'm at work, I would jot down how to do your own PR, how to do Facebook ads. I would listen to hours of podcasts of people that were in business taking pretty much what they learned, what worked, didn't work, and I would apply it. I always say I got my degree in YouTube University. Anything I have a question on or I'm trying to figure out, I go to YouTube. So I think nowadays when there's so much, and keep in mind, back in 2015, there was not one Shopify video. There was not one Facebook ad video. There was none of that. There was just a lot of people talking on podcasts in Reddit groups. So if you do enough research, you will you know, find what you're looking for. So I just recommend anyone who is still at their nine to five, afraid to quit, listen to podcasts like this, listen to other founder podcasts, find kind of your one. And I would literally binge listen. I would listen over to episodes. I would, anyone in the beauty industry, I would listen to food industry. I would listen to every industry to kind of learn off of that. That's really all it took. And I will say, I don't really even know many people in the e-com space other than that girl in 2015 I literally just listen to free content that's available to build what I have now. Yeah. Another of many reasons why anyone can do this. Like it's like, you don't need to spend thousands of dollars. Like I I did, I, I did to purchase like masterminds and get coaches and stuff like that. Cause I want to fast track things, but like I could have learned all that stuff on YouTube for sure, without a doubt. Yet you can't. And, but here's the thing though, as you see, it took me years versus you, you started what about a year ago or so? About nine months, yeah. Nine months? But you're what, it seems like you're an absolute expert. Your quality is insane. Your interview skills are insane. Like everything, you can tell, it seems like you've been in the game for years. And it could be because you did buy those coaches. You did do those masterminds. And it clearly paid off. In my case, I just didn't want to invest any money in that. And I was borderline like, "Mm, I don't know if it would be helpful type of thing. But you can see, you can kind of go my route and it may take a lot of time and energy and effort, or you can go your route, which is a mix of doing all that research, but then also doing those additional masterminds and groups and coaching because it it truly does help and it 100% fast tracks. If I had those resources, I could only imagine where I'd be right now. It'd be insane. 
Yeah. I mean, it, listen, it is insane too, because right. I know one of the things that I, when I originally spoke to you that I was really impressed with is that you bootstrapped your whole business. And at this point I have two, but right. By going really fast, we have debt, we have things we have to figure out. So like, that's the unsexy side of business, right? We get media coverage, but we have all these other problems to solve. But with you, you didn't have to take investor money because you did it methodically, you planned, you executed effectively, you leveraged money that you were already making from your full-time job. So I think what you did is honestly really, really smart. And a lot of people should do it too in that order exactly. Maybe not necessarily like me because I'm a little crazy, but. Yeah, and you can, you know, really do it both ways, but I I just knew that what I wanted to build and I had a, a rough idea of what it would take. And I mean, you could really start a business with anything right now. I know I kind of, like the swimmer business started with $500. This business was, it was a little bit more, but it wasn't like drastically especially now with social media, you really just need a few products, some decent looking packaging. Like you could really start like a, probably an amazing business right now with maybe a thousand dollars, maybe even $500 if you kind of know what to do. And I think that's the the cool thing. And you can just do it as a side hustle. There's plenty of people that are doing it until it grows to a space. And I just knew it got to a point that it was getting really big and I really had no choice but to quit, you know, at that time. So it really worked out for me. But like you said, I am self-funded. A lot of people that are in the beauty space are not. A lot of them do take outside investors, especially kind of where we're at now, which is in the half a million to a million dollar range. So a lot of times when you're in the range that we are in now, a lot of people do take investors to grow more rapidly. I don't want to go that route, but what that means is it takes a lot of time and energy. It's it's super stressful. However, I 100% own my company and I can do whatever I want with it and I don't have any obligation to anyone else. With, you know, not so much money, I've already built this brand that's going to continue to grow. So, not to mention it just feels really good saying that and knowing that it's it's just me and there's no one else kind of behind the scenes. Yeah. Plus the other thing too that I've found from just even being a person who is obsessed with press on nails is, or just I would say a consumer of all products is you can tell right off the bat the difference between a company that has been investor funded and a one that hasn't. So yeah, the ones who are investor funded might be pretty, right? They might have great branding and packaging, but you can tell right away they are not responding like a human. They have customer service reps that don't give a shit. Like they don't care quite as much about the quality or even the customer service or the experience in general. Whereas someone who is self-funded, you give a shit about your brand. Like you said, you perfected your glue for months. Whereas I look at other competitors in the space who their products are fucking garbage, honestly. And then they question why you're doing better than them. It's because you actually care and you don't have investors hanging down your neck, you know? And that's the thing. And I think that's, it's kind of like a, it somewhat gets frustrating when you do see other beauty brands and other competition in the area and they are growing more rapidly and they're able to do some of these things that we're necessarily not ready to do yet. But then at the end of the day, I mean, like you said, I, in the very beginning, the first two months, the feedback originally that we were getting was the glue was too runny. Some companies may say, well, fuck it, this is the glue, we're not changing it. Me, I said, well, how can I fix it? So I made it a little bit thicker. Then it was like, well, it's not as strong as it once was. No worries, I'll go back into the lab and fix something that's not only strong, but has a wonderful consistency. And like I said, it took months of trial and error and literally money to perfect it. But then it's people like you that notice the difference. Oh, girl, right off the bat, like immediately, like even the fact that you add additional nail sizes, which seems like such a small little thing, like 
it goes such a long way because it just makes it so much nicer. So not only do I get a perfect fit the first time around, but now I can do a second set, which I do every time. I will literally use every single nail in that pack twice. And it's, it's great. I'm very happy with it. Yeah. And people say that all the time. They're like, wow, I could literally get two nails, almost a month's worth of nails. And literally for $16, like you can't beat it. But another thing is, and like our competitors is we are very, very strong on finding trends that are in the market. So that people are currently doing and wearing and putting them in a press on nail form versus our competitors are literally sticking to basic colors or French tips or things that are cute, but just like, I want nails that are seen on Kylie Jenner. I want nails that are, you know, that I see on Pinterest. Like that's what people are looking for. And that's what we're actually doing, but just putting them on press on nail form, which is definitely hard to do. And it seems like our competitors are not willing to do, but we're willing to take those risks. And that is another thing about being self-funded. I'm willing to take those risks. Sometimes when you're not self-funded, you have to think like, okay, what will the mass market like? They want basic colors. For me, I it's like, what do my customers want? Literally, I get emails and messages every day of like, hey, you should try this, this, and this. And we'll literally order samples here and, and test them out and see what works and go from there. And I think that's what another awesome thing about being self-funded is I get to drop these trends fast. They may have a seven or eight month time frame where they're pumping out nails. I can see something and have it pretty much ready to go in a matter of maybe two months. So I move very, very fast because I don't need approval here, there, there. I'm moving very quickly. And so I'm able to launch the newest, freshest things as quickly as possible. So I think that's thing when you're self-funded is you can move a lot quicker. You don't have a lot of people to answer to. You can kind of make your own moves. And like you said, just listen to feedback and make the best decisions from there. Yeah. So how have you been able to deal with competition in general? Because like I know, because I've tried like literally every nail brand in the space. Like literally I, I went through a phase where I tried every single one. Some of them suck and some of them are like you, they're great. But like, how do you approach that as well as like, is there anything you would recommend with to new entrepreneurs? Because there's also right the imposter syndrome of like, oh my God, someone's already doing this. And there's like headaches of even starting a business. But yeah, what has been your experience like of shoving down those people, like pushing them out of the way in a nice, respectful way? <laughs> in a nice, respectful way. I think in the case of my brand now, I know for a fact that I have better designs than everyone. I know for a fact shortly after they drop very similar designs to me, which means that they're well aware of me. And so I'm pretty much setting trends for them. I think that's how it works. Without me, they would not know what to do almost because they would be stuck with what to design. They, I've literally dropped nail styles and seen my competitors drop very similar styles, if not the same style, you know, a few months shortly after me. And it's clearly the style that I've had for you know months that have been doing. Um, and I'm not talking about just a basic French tip. I'm talking about kind of like some of my abstract designs that have that have been pretty popular. It's crazy. I really don't care too much about it versus maybe in the past or with swimwear, I'd kind of kind of worry and stress. But I think in this case, because I truly am, I feel like one of the best out there and I'm constantly innovating and I'm constantly providing a quality product. I don't have any self-doubt because I know that if somebody says, hey, I tried your nails and they didn't work for me, I know that majority of the time it's going to be an application error, meaning that they didn't properly apply them. Because I'm wearing nails right now that I've had on for close to two weeks. So I know for a fact, because I'm constantly trying them, that they're going to last 
anywhere from, you know, a week to two weeks because I personally wear them and I constantly test them. I just feel good knowing that my product is great. My product is amazing because I'm constantly working on it versus my competitors. I don't know if what they're doing, you know, I don't know if their quality is as good. I don't know if their glue is as good. I don't know. All I know is they have a lot of marketing dollars behind them and that they can make those type of moves, but do they really care about their customers? Do they really care about finding the nail trends? Do they really care if the nail glue works or not? Probably not, but I can guarantee that I do. And so, you know, in the beginning, I may have had some imposter syndrome, like, man, can I do this? Even, mind you, I'm launching at a time where there's literally nail salons starting to sell press-on nails. There's everyone you could think of starting to sell press-ons. I would say for one day, I told myself, this is before I launched, I said, you can back out right now if you want to, because you've only ordered packaging. You you know, I didn't put too much into it. I said, you could back out right now because competition is getting crazy because of COVID. Or you could say, fuck it and go forward and see what happens. And I said, fuck it, I'm going to go forward and see what happens. And it was the best decision I made. And that's the thing. I think some people feel like, oh man, there's so much competition. But what if you're doing something different, is there really competition? Like if I'm doing something different, aka better designs, is there really competition? Like, I don't know. So if you have maybe a clothing store, if you're ordering like the same clothes that everyone else has... Maybe you might feel a little bit of that because you're like, well, why would they shop with me? What makes you different? Is it that maybe you're more petite and all your clothes fit a petite girl and other stores are not doing that? Is it you're doing plus size? I wish they did that. As someone who's 4'11", oh my God, I can't find shit. (laughs) I could only, I'm 5'3", and my pants are always like, I'm always getting them. I'm saying like, what, what do you have different What is different with your company and your brand or what you're trying to do? And that's what you need to focus on. Don't focus on, because of course, once you get into certain, like if you're getting into clothing, you're referencing maybe Fashion Nova or you're referencing some of these big companies, but you can't compare yourself to somebody who's, you know, doing... 10 billion a year, you you have to really find good references. So I guess you could kind of reference me, someone who's self-funded, who kind of got into an industry that what people would say is saturated, I guess. But in my mind, I don't feel like it is because I have something different. So I think you need to find what your difference is, what your superpower is, and really play off of that and feel extremely confident. Like if someone came to me right now and said, your press on nails suck, they're ugly, I'd say, yeah, okay. Like... <laughs> it. You know what I'm saying? Because in my soul and in my heart, I know that I have a good product. I truly do. This isn't like a, you know, a drop shipping company where I don't care about the product or the people. I truly care. So truly like give a fuck about your product. Give a fuck about your product. Like you, you can tell with you, like you're super passionate about everything you're doing. It comes out in literally your Instagram post. It comes out in everything you do, right? For you, you can't really even compare yourself to any other podcasters or what anyone else is doing because you have the juice. You have the special power. Yes, I have the juice. I like it. You have the juice. You, know what I'm <laughs> like the you, juice. you remind me of like a female version of Gary V. Oh, fuck yeah. All day, girl. Yeah, which there's, you know, there's some people that are kind of like that, but they don't have the same, like the vibe. You have that like to a T, but a little bit more like fiery. I don't know. So that's what I'm saying. You, If you have a certain lane, stick to that and do you, but do it the best way you can. And I think that's what helps, you know? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, sometimes tunnel vision is great because you just like, again, you just do you and everything else kind of falls into place just like your nails did, just like my podcast and business did. Like if you focus too much on other people, you end up copying them and then you're just another person in the space doing something that's the same. Like don't be that person. A hundred percent. And that's such a key point. And that's why I think I do try to have tunnel vision because once you kind of veer to the right or the left and you start seeing different things, eventually you're like, wait, what am I doing? So if I remain focused and I'm in mind you, I have competitors. I mean, I think, you know, that we're using my name to market on Google and yeah, I saw it. I, I remember like doing a Google, I did a Google search for Luxie to purchase nails. And I was like, this fucking asshole, like this company, how dare they use your how keywords? How dare they? Yeah. A hundred percent. And of course it's completely fucked up, but it's just like, clearly I'm doing something right. And the same goes for you or anything else. If you do get people that are starting to copy or, or have anything like negative to say, just know that, you know, you're doing something right. And or attempting to do something right and trying to do the best that you can with what you have. And that's the best thing I would say for me is, is recently it's been nothing but tunnel vision and I try to block out really any and all of that. Yeah. It's a great like last knowledge bomb, but you, you really, I mean, you dropped a lot of knowledge bombs throughout the whole thing. But one of the things that I like to do with every episode to like wrap it up, you know, just like one final send off is just ask my guests, if you could give advice to your younger self, whether that's like really young 12 year old Jasmine at the pizza place, or maybe Jasmine who's just starting, you know, her journey in business, like what would that be? I would say go after it sooner. I always say now, even though I'm still, I guess, technically young, I always say, man, I wish I would have did this at like 18 or 19. I wish I would have had the guts to do it and go after it. Like now, you know, I, I'm I'm really sure of myself and, and really sure at the direction I'm going. But I think back then I wasn't so sure of myself. I wasn't as confident with my decisions. I kind of let my maybe family and kind of what I thought they would want for me kind of dictate not necessarily my life, but my decisions. And once I realized I'm going to live for me and do whatever I want to do and, and live the life that I always dreamed of, I think that's the way to go. And so I would tell my younger self that it's going to be amazing and to keep going and to start young and to not be so scared to fail and not be so scared to take risks because I was literally the opposite of a risk taker. Then I started Lexi and I promised I would take every risk available. And luckily it's worked out. Most have worked out. There have been some things where I'm like, fuck. Um, But take risks. Don't be afraid to take risks. Don't be afraid to make those moves. Don't be afraid to spend a little money on things, like you said, like coaching or mentoring or things like that, that will get you to the next place. Especially if you're working like a nine to five, it can really excel you. And I think really it would say just believe in yourself and go after, like truly go after your dreams, no matter what those are and find what you're passionate about. I was never afraid. Like my mom will tell you, I've tried a trillion and one things. I've tried candle making, cookie making, I swore I was going to be a cowgirl, tried the whole, when I tell you I've tried everything to figure out what I'm passionate about, I truly have tried everything to figure out what I'm passionate about. And what I'm passionate about is e-commerce. What I'm passionate about is women confidence. And what I'm passionate about is creating amazing products for people at an affordable price. That's what I'm completely passionate about. So I think it's important to find your passion and to try things. And if you don't like, I always say this, Okay, you try something, let's say you try a cooking class, you don't like it. Who, like, what the fuck? Who cares? Try something else. Like, some people are, like, so afraid to find their passion. And a lot of times you could find it for free or for minimal dollars. But you're not going to live your best life and find your true self 
and live out your dreams if you have no purpose. You can't find your purpose without trying something, right? So try things. You don't like it. Who cares? Move on. Try something else and something will stick, you know, something will stick and that you'll find that you're amazing at. So that's, that is my very long explanation. That's your TED Talk. That is, uh, that is, thank you for coming to my TED Talk. I just want everyone to live their dreams, like, at the end of it all. Live your dreams, guys. Live your dreams. That's so funny. I love it, though. I agree. And my head was, like, nodding, like, hand snapping, like, yes. So <laughs> where can people, you know, find you if they want to connect with you on social, if they want to purchase some nails, get into the press on nail world? Where, where can they get those things? I definitely recommend you switching to press on nails. It will save you money each month, even if, and I know they have a stigma, but at least try them once. If you don't like them, at least you gave it a try, but I think it will definitely save you money a month. So you can find me on Instagram, Lexi Nails. You could email me hello at lexinails.com. And we're on TikTok too, which is Lexi Nails. We're attempting to post more, which that is a whole nother story. Yes, yes girl. Oh, I'm going to bring, oh, I'm so excited. Going to be doing so many tags. Trying to get on TikTok. So yeah, if you want to figure out more about the press on nail life, um, check us out there. And then I also have a promo code for you. I think I emailed it to you. It's okay, guys. It's going to be in the podcast description so you can check it out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, check it out. But um, I think you guys will really like them. And if you guys do have any feedback for me, I'm open to it. So go ahead and send me an email. I'd love that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It was awesome talking to you. Thanks for listening to the Corporate Quitter Podcast. Visit corporatequitter.com for resources, extended content, and additional information about our guests. To connect with us, stay up to date on all things Corporate Quitter, and to learn more about how you can leave the nine to five, follow us on Instagram and TikTok. And if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks, guys.